0: You know, Wes, I can't see and hear the name Lieutenant Commander Yor wearing a first season TNG uniform and then they say deceased afterwards without thinking that it's a direct shot at my beloved Tasha Yar. There's
1: a hologram too. Like her like yeah. her funeral goodbye thing was a hologram. This guy's just a, either a, a wax uh, museum sculpture or he's just a hologram that's standing out there. But it's true. Is it's Yor. It's Yar. You say potato. I say is, potato. Is Tasha not also the equivalent of what
0: he's talking about though? Because there is a separate time I've I've this is the hill I'm gonna die on as far as Star Trek time travel goes. But the quote unquote prime timeline is actually an alternate timeline created by the actions of the Enterprise in yesterday's enterprise. So is Tasha not exactly what this guy is saying? Because she go both goes back in time and also into a new timeline. Although I guess she does not She, doesn't, the she doesn't go line, forward so in
1: time. Is the difference? So she only has the one. If that's the case, if you're bit the a the the problem, the a
0: The bit The guy the reason the guy is is falling apart is because little bit of a little is of a little bit back she travels through time and moves laterally so it's yes. not just forward or backward it's also a lateral move tasha only moves guess, like
1: 30 years though or even less than that i think is the difference <clears throat> that's Gi- true. Jiao's difference is that she's 930 years in the future and it's a that's big true. swing
0: and i guess tasha is creating that new timeline she's not jumping timelines which the other guy seems
1: to be well, jumping the kelvin one did universes. that's true too but the the kelvin universe was created similarly uh, even Right. David Cronenberg right. even says that that's where that universe came from. So uh, I guess you can start it. It doesn't have to always be existing. But needless to say, you can, you can do one of two things. You can either jump across timelines or you can jump backward and forward in time. But if you do the two of them together, you're just asking for a real bad time. Don't apparently, do it.
0: Apparently, time travel works like chess movements.
1: Right. Exactly. You, you want the queen. You want you want to get your pawn to the end, turn it into another queen, and then you got checkmate. And we have two queens sure. in this episode. I don't know I've bad. been watching the
0: queens. Bit. I've been watching the queens gambit too. I've learned nothing about actual chess.
1: Chess sales are up though, which is always good to see. I know, which is hilarious. Um, I, I, I actually emotiv- I haven't watched it either, and I was like, maybe I should play chess as well. But we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that another time. Right now, we're going to take a break. We're going to play a clip from this episode, which is Terra Firma Part One. And we'll come back and we'll break it down. Maybe we'll find something that can help you. The needs of
0: the many must outweigh the needs of the one. Will you really be able to let her
1: go when it comes down to it? Fight me! You want honor? It's out there. You knew this would happen to her. Our future is slumberous. Is this the cure? This is my chance, and I'm taking it. Terra Firma Part 1 is the ninth episode of the third season of Star Trek Discovery, production number 309. I've never said that before. Why not do? Why not start now? First aired the 10th of December 2020. Uh, it's one of two in the Terra Firma arc. play <laughs> goes to Alan McElroy. Story credit goes to Bojan Kim and Erica Lippold and Alan McElroy. Erica Lippold and Boyan Kim are the uh, showrunners for Section 31 as well, so that's kind of interesting. Directed by Omar Medha. In-universe date is both 3189 and 2255. In this episode, the USS Discovery crew journeys to a mysterious planet in the hopes of finding a cure for Georgia's deteriorating condition. Stamets and Adira make a stunning breakthrough with the newly acquired burn data. Data. Um, TrekCore.com was real angry about this episode in a way that mm. is unusual for them. They are a fan site who generally is pretty filleting of anything that Star Trek does. Um, Or at least they they see things differently than I do. They were very negative about this. And because I don't really care about the show, I read the reviews before we watch the episode and just to see what Mm -hmm. people think about it. Um, I was expecting a disaster. I don't think I got a disaster. But I was also curious because I knew what was going on or at least what Trek thinks is going on with this guardian of forever being this guy, I was not really confused by it. So I don't know if I kind of spoiled myself by reading what was supposed to be happening in this, because I don't think this episode does anything to explain what's going on or why you should, uh, you know, sort of react to this Carl character in any way that's, um, like rational to him. Like you, you, Hmm the episode doesn't explain why you should just take this guy's advice and his magical door as a kind of like, well, okay, that's just gonna happen. But maybe spoiling it for myself made it seem better in some ways. I don't know. Did you did you know anything about it when you watched it?
0: No, I didn't. Um I Do you did know read about that Carl? article. Do you care about Carl
1: when you were <laughs> watching don't. it?
0: Yeah. No, I mean he was I sure Star Trek mystery character. He could be Q, he could be anybody. The uh, um, I read that start that that Trek Corps article and <clears throat> I do agree with the main point of their article, which is like the stuff that they're saying about Carl being a guardian of forever is completely speculative based on the news Easter eggs. He's are, holding. Yeah, Easter yeah. eggs they're pulling off of a newspaper, and whether the key to whether or not this episode works is whether or not Georgiou is actually has actually been moved back in time physically so the stuff that she's doing changes the future or if it's just some sort of like you know dream sequence hallucination or dream sequence or fantasy or something cuz that's a that's a big difference mm-hmm. because if she is placed physically back in time and across universes back into the other universe i mean first of all mission accomplished i guess what she's back home what the hell else does she got to do um but she's that the thing that she's doing she kills stamets that didn't happen the first time around she chooses not to kill michael that didn't happen the first time around she's now actively changing the future and also creating a new timeline to going by the rules of this franchise which i'm sure they're not even going to talk about um and that's a big deal however if this is just a ghost of uh, a Christmas Carol type situation and it's just her revisiting her old life to show how much she has changed as a person, then none of it matters. And and the character has not been built up enough for that to really land. Mm-hmm. Also, all of that being said, they could have done this entire story in one episode. I don't, do not know why they need to split this into two episodes.
1: It's um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's two episodes out of a thirteen episode season, too. I I um, it, maybe just to go back to what I was saying before. I I might have spoiled myself for this one by reading about it, and I feel differently mm-hmm. because I've read about the other episodes and then watched them, and I've had a sort of grasp on it. But this one feels a little bit different because what reading about this one and then knowing what's coming from it I'm kind of just struck by I am like when when it's it's really it's hard to kind of express but when I started this episode I had read that review and I started the episode Mm -hmm. and I was like I'm not watching Discovery after this season like I'm just (laughs) not interested like this review sounds terrible like I'm not really going to be interested in this and then I Saw it, and it started out, I was like, this is definitely terrible. This is horrible. They got to the Mirror Universe, and I didn't think the Mirror Universe stuff was terrible. I, I thought it was no. I thought it was actually kind of decent. They fixed Georgiou by not having Georgiou talk for a lot of it, and she only reacts to things. And you see a kind of like, and Michelle Yeoh is actually led to act a little bit where she is feeling something that's different than what she has to express in the mirror universe. And so there's a little bit of like subtle acting going on instead Mm -hmm. of her fucking zinger fest. That is normally what that character (laughs) does. And I didn't mind it. But at the same time, I'm still, I just look at Discovery and I go, why can't you execute a story? This is such a stock standard story. Ao is going to be the bad guy who becomes a good guy and goes back and realizes that she can't be a bad guy anymore. There's no, there's no journey for her. No. It's Zero. just she just shows up in the mirror universe and is like, now I feel bad because I've been hanging. We had Ceru said emotionally goodbye to me, and I shook his hand. And now now I'm now I'm friends with and that. Tilly, and I believe. Tilly Killy. And it's just. It's, it's surprising because it's not like they're doing something that you're like, wow, this is kind of unusual what they're doing here. They're doing a generic story, a very generic story that's been done a million times mm-hmm. before and is like one of the only ways that the uh, franchise has ever been able to portray the mirror universe is that kind of like can you flip-flop between the two things? And they're doing it with her and it's <coughs> just not... There hasn't been one scene with Georgia either this season or any season prior, where she's not just zinger fest, you know, where she she has learned anything from hanging out with the other people. There's never been a plot line where she embraces their new way of doing things. There have been opposite plot lines where Saru's like, let's try to be peaceful. And she says, fuck that. And she kills the guy. And that's how they get out of the, the situation. Right. So what is this? Like, where did this come from? And why is this two episodes in a 13 episode season where this has had nothing to do with George L. The entire season. And we go to this and now I'm supposed to like care about it. It's just a, it's a really strange show. It's just so disconnected. Yeah. I will say that this is, this is the type,
0: excuse me. This is the type of mirror universe episode. I was talking about in the first season when they were doing the mirror universe as to why, their use of the mirror universe was wrong. This is a much this is the best mirror universe episode they've done in the entire season. And the reason is because there is a contrast to be drawn. You've got whether or not it's earned, which it's not, because this idea that George has changed, is a complete construct of the fact that they want to do this episode, and she's been around for a long time. We have not, like you said, we haven't seen her change. It's not like she spent a ton of time with Tilly, learning from each other, or it's all she does is make cr- crack jokes and and kick people in the face. <laughs> <clears throat> and her relationship with Burnham has not changed since day one. Like they they are still. You could probably argue that maybe she has stuck her neck out for Michael. A couple extra times but you never get that like from day one the relationship has been the same for both which is you're not my version but i still care about you michael obviously more um uh vocally and and shows that more than george ao does but there's no change it's not like they've grown closer but uh this what you get in this is you get the contrast that the mirror universe is supposed to be used for, where you see n- now everything works because we've seen both kinds of Tilly, so we know why mirror Tilly's different. We've seen both kinds of Michael, so we know why mirror Michael is different. We've seen the mirror of the rest of the cast, so we see why they're different. Actually, Aria- A- Arium was back in this one, which was yeah, fun.
1: non-cyborg um, Arium. Non-cyborg Arium. So,
0: I mean, in the mirror universe, she actually made out better than her prime universe counterpart, but... um, yeah, it's a it's a good use because you have this sort of Christmas Carol type situation where your supposedly changed character is put back into their natural habitat, and they see the 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 problem with it, um, or the problem with the way they act. At least they're processing it. But yeah, I don't know. It's not like we've spent any time with George out leading up to this. It's just this season anyway. It's just two episodes, and they've only got uh th- four episodes left i mean they'll have three episodes left after the second part and it is becoming increasingly clear that the burn storyline is like a paragraph on a page written out mm-hmm. because they just uh kick the can th- this yeah this one in this episode the they the obstacle they face is literally the fact that um Adira forgot to, like, carry the one in her... Al- no, it's, she forgot to restart the algorithm for, like, four days. Yeah. So... Got tired. And then Stamets... <laughs> yeah. Stamets come in, comes in and is like, oh, oh, you forgot to hit the on button. And then they're like, oh, jeez, I wait." They're going to be so mad. I'm such a dummy. It's like, okay, if this is the thing that you're... Your obstacle, and this is how you're moving the story forward, you clearly don't have a lot going no. on here. No. Um. But yeah, as far as Mirror Universe episodes go, I thought it was it was fine. Um but yeah, I think the the biggest problem is it's a they're spending a lot of time on stuff they didn't earn and they haven't worked towards. And once again, they're trying to make you care about something that they didn't put the effort into making you care about.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the
0: And I don't I don't know if any of it matters. Right. Like I said, because if it's if it's not real, then what's what, what who, who cares? Like, what's the difference?
1: Yeah, you got two things going <clears> for it. Like, it's either it's either not real and it's a dream sequence where it's just about learning a lesson or moral mm-hmm. for Zhou or it's... I mean, there's potential because of the way the show is written that this won't even have anything to do with the burn. You know, there's potential that this is just a little side jaunt that these characters are going on to and it's not going to link into anything. Um, I have
0: no reason to believe that it will link into anything.
1: You don't think she's you don't think her changing the past in the mirror universe will be some kind of inciting incident that leads to the burn in some sort of convoluted way?
0: No, I have no reason. To, I, don't, I don't think I, it's I, don't earned, I wouldn't
1: think it's earned. It would seem completely random if that's the, the way that they're going to go about it. I just if, if there is not that connection, it's shocking to me that this is even happening really that like that she needs to go back and learn this kind of stuff because at that point I wouldn't go back into the mirror universe. I would have just said, just have George develop as a character outside in the prime universe and have her learn lessons that way. And there's no reason to really go back. Star Trek. um, I'm, I'm, I'm mildly positive on the mirror universe. I think that the writers and producers of Star Trek think there's some sort of depth to the Mirror Universe that there really isn't Mm. there. It's very difficult to pull anything out of. TOS did fine with it. DS9 just said, let's just have a campy pirate adventure in our Mirror Universe, which is fine, but they were boring after a couple episodes of that. And Discovery's just gone back to the TOS understanding, but it doesn't even have TOS's sort of philosophical backbone to it. It's just they're just assholes in the Mirror Universe. It's kind
0: of a... It's kind of an interesting mix of the two where it's like they're playing it yeah. for yeah. character effect, but it is still super campy. Right. Like yeah. every, everybody in the Mirror Universe got permission to just dial it up to 11, which yeah. I, I appreciated because it's always fun to watch people do that.
1: It's a lot of My Chemical <laughs> Romance and eyeliner and stuff like that <laughs> and just a lot of uh, fighting. The Black Parade never ended in the Mirror Universe, Wes. And I think that's that's like the there's just really not a good reason to go back to this place at this point and even though i thought it was the best job that they've done because as you're saying you it's it's not the naked now problem that tos and tng had or tng had more because it's like you need to know the characters to understand what it means to flip them when they go over Mm -hmm. into this kind of a world it's very easy on tos because the characters are such archetypes but it was a little bit harder on tng and um I like the mirror universe just because this was the only time, even in the first season, I felt like there was some sort of uh, drama to not being found out as to where you were from uh, that sure. never really came across in the first season. They were just in there and acting normally and everything seemed fine. Um, I just, I have a very hard time seeing how this is going to link to something. I have a very hard time caring about Georgia doing it. I, I think that they, as you're saying, not explaining what this guardian forever, if that's what it is, is amounting to anything, uh, is difficult. I hate the way the guardian of forever is written with just, he's like a riddle guy. <laughs> you know, it's just that. Kind of, he says riddles that are kind of stupid to you. And, um, I don't know, but I, I, I still came away oddly positive on it, but I, I don't think this is mm-hmm. good. I don't know why. Um, did you have a so? What was your general thought, uh, like your general perception of this? Were you like Trek, <clears throat> the Trekker article is wrong, or <clears throat> did you think something different? No, I agree with the, I.
0: I like I said, I agree with the core tenet of that article, which is that it they need to they they play their mysteries too close to the vest, and they to the point where they are not giving you information that you need, and. So it's difficult to parse out whether or not this matters in the long run. Be- other uh, aside from for George Yao as a character, because nothing she's doing, we don't know if it matters, if it changes anything or or what. And uh, I I am not assuming that that guy is a guardian of forever based on speculation pulled off of a newspaper. If they if they want to drop that on us eventually, sure. But as of right now, there's no reason to believe that that's the case. Which means that. I don't know if anything she's doing has any weight to it, which then makes it confusing as to why they spend so much
1: time doing it. Mm. Um, it's, it's the, I guess the difference is that for a, a site, a Trek site like that, this was a strangely negative experience to watch that. And mm-hmm. I guess that's like, I'm, I'm floundering for anything else to really say about it. So I just think it's funny that that site found this to be a bridge too far. When I find right. this that's, to be discovery writing and it's not yeah. a bridge too far, it felt like it was a normal discovery episode to me.
0: I honestly, I would argue that it's one of the better ones of the season because I think the Mirror Universe stuff is actually pretty good and it actually has a point to it. Um, whether or not it's too drawn out is whatever. But uh, <clears throat> I know I, I do find it interesting that that article – goes so hard on this one because yeah, I don't find it. I, I don't know why this was a bridge too far for them, where some of the other stuff wasn't. Like I think, I think the last episode was a hundred times worse than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, as the far sanctuary as, so
1: your, episode. That's the the book, yeah with yeah, the yeah, floaty firefly things. things. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I thought that one was terrible. Um, this one I don't mind because. It's a fairly Star Trekky episode. It's of a it, it's place in the larger story is unknown, which makes it hard to care about. Yep. Um, But as far as, excuse me, as far as how it stands on its on its own, I don't know. That was all right. I I think the the biggest weakness of it is the the burn plot lines. Um. Like I said, it's clear that, that that they're just drip, drip, dripping that out for as much as they can.
1: Yeah, you, you've been more negative on that on the Discord. I, I guess just for a comparison and contrast thing, I um, I just I think I always felt in my bones that's what the burn was going to be. The burn is just this version of the Red Angel. They're going to like yeah, just kick it down the, give them a little bit of something, just kick it down the road. We'll solve this at the end of the season, mm. and. Well, at least I, think, the I think it's Red more Angel, frustrating though. here because the Red Angel had yeah. plot lines that were built right. around kicking it down the exactly. road a little bit. And this yeah. is just like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, the USB drive got stepped on. Like We, we got to get a yeah. new USB. We'll have to go get, do that for five minutes. It's really um, it's really weak. The reason that they're yeah. taking so long and the, the, the feed of information feels very artificial. It's just a just yeah. a little bit for this one, a little bit for that one. Here we learn that it's a Kelpian ship. I was wrong. It's not the USS Discovery. It's a Kelpian ship that's been stuck there, apparently killed, um, and they're sending out a distress beacon. And Saru is devastated by this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, And the the other thing, I I feel like this episode is very, um, it really shows you how much stuff they've gone through and then not followed up on because one of the things that they use to get them to point B in this in this in this element of the story is the sphere data which they apparently uploaded even more information into and so it's even smarter than it was before is that they, the vulcan that's the vulcan
1: information right the, the the stuff they got them from no, the vulcan no right?
0: not only that not only that burnham says we've updated it with federation records Everything we've missed in the nine hundred years, oh, we've been gone, wow, including sure. including all the information from the ships that exploded during the burn. So it's even super, more super smart than it was before. This is literally the only the second time they've brought it up this season. The first time being a passing mention when the computer goes, "Hey, why don't you invite everybody to dinner? All right, see you guys later." And that's it. <laughs> like they don't even bring it up. Yeah, it's, they've it's, got this super smart thing baked into the com- into the computer, and the, what they say in this episode, I thought was pretty insulting as far as story goes where uh uh, tilly or someone mentions that they're like how can you trust the sentient sphere data and tilly or burnham or somebody goes well they've been really helpful to the crew that one time that they told us to have dinner together (laughs) like that's supposed to be some plot line or something well that leads into
1: vance's weird decision of he just lets the do it he's like "You can't let your crew see somebody die That's just, it's just unacceptable. Well, (laughs) I actually,
0: I didn't mind that scene. I thought that scene
1: was pretty good. Do you? I don't, I don't don't know. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't like. I am on the fence about it. Yeah. Well, go, go on to like, so not only does Discovery have The only means of quick travel in this universe. It is now a supercomputer that can figure everything out and no one cares. No one wants discovery. And then Vance, like you'd think that would just add to the fire of Vance being like, we gotta lock Discovery down. I can't let you people leave anywhere to do bullshit with some Terran Empire person. Fuck you. (laughs) Like I'm taking over this ship. Right. That's the only thing that makes sense for Vance for me. I don't I don't know. I like Vance as a character, but he's just another in the mold of pike character at this point and like Mm -hmm. you expect him to turn a little bit or you expect something to work against saru and burnham there and it never happens it's just everyone glad handing each other going like well captain saru i hope you jump over there It's well stupid the the thing that i do like about it is it
0: continues my what I think is the strongest storyline, which is Saru figuring out how to be a captain. And in that scene, he makes the decision, he makes the decision that's very much the buy the book, best for the Federation decision. And Vance comes at him with the knowledge of being an experienced Starfleet officer slash Captain Admiral, where he's like, sometimes you got to do things for the benefit of your crew. Um, Especially since like the... (laughs) I wish he had been like Saru. We don't need discovery to watch them do training exercises. It's <laughs> it's a it's a bunch of pirates <laughs> threatening to do training exercises on the coast of of Cuba or something. We if this isn't
1: this isn't the Cuban Missile Crisis. We can you can take off for a couple days. You know, like it's. I think his order of, um, his order of saying the things is wrong. That's the speech you give after he comes back and they get reprimanded. The, the the job of the Admiral is not to stand there and go, Yeah, do whatever you want. Fuck it. Like, That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like YOLO. Sure. Whatever. He gives them the order. They break it because Saru's like, this is the important thing that matters and this is the time where I need to be that. And then if you want to if you want to soften Vance, they come back and he's like, Saru, you did the wrong thing, but you did the right thing at the same time. Wink wink. I'll see you right. on, I'll see you on the other side. Like uh, that it's just it, you just neuter Vance by having him yeah. have this point of view, and he's what's, you do he, what's also, he? there for?
0: You do also neuter Saru as well because Vance is now siding with Burnham. Yes, giving just, just
1: telling Saru what to do. It's not like Saru comes yeah. to this and is like, "Oh, I should, I should do what's right." It's Vance tells him what to do.
0: Yeah, and I, I also would like even in that speech when he when he's like, uh, in this in this instance, you have to a a member of your crew is is at the brink and you really need to take care of them so the other members of your crew can uh, see that you'll do the same thing for them. And in my head, I'm going, why does anybody respect George Ao as a member of the Discovery crew? Yeah. She hasn't done anything. <laughs> she, as far as I know, she just hangs around in her room the whole time. She's still Space Hitler. Yeah. There's, there's nothing in that like conversation with, where they're like, you know, she did some really bad things, but if, if we admit that she's not worth saving, then is really anybody worth saving? You know, one of those mm-hmm. things. At least some acknowledgement that she is this genocidal madman, madwoman from an alternate dimension who is just hanging out on the ship. Right. Um, <clears throat> or at least, or even go the other way. If Vance is against it, have Saru be like, you know, I didn't really consider her a, a – a, I never trusted her, and I didn't consider her a valuable member of the crew, but she has shown time and time again that she has stepped up in order to help the people on Discovery, blah, 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 which is questionable at best. Yeah, and it's, be so it's a little bit of a that. weak argument, but I, I can't but, dis- but totally honestly, disprove it. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's better than nothing. Um, so, yeah, it is a weird conversation. I like what Saru learns out of it, but I don't like the way that they get there.
1: Yeah, I have, um, one of the, uh, one of the reasons that I, one of the reasons I don't really like Discovery is because we're in like this, um, in this sort of active period where people are like actively reacting to it. And it just makes me wonder what show people are watching. Like you see things and it's just like, what an arc for George Al. What a, what a tremendous turn yeah. of character. And I see it, and it's just like, I put the thing on Twitter, but it's like, if I, if I give you some moldy bread, a slice of cheese, and <laughs> like a wilted piece of lettuce, and I throw it at you, I didn't give you a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. you, you can have all these parts that theoretically exist within a story, and then when you get to the end of it, you go like, well, that was about George Yao's redemption arc because she was a real cunt and then she talked to Saru and Whoa. then she went back to the mirror universe and was good because she talked to Saru that one time. And it's like, what, this is it a story. What, there's, there's nothing right. there in that. Like what... Having the pieces of the something does not mean that it is something. And I just, I don't, I don't really understand watching the show thinking that there's some kind of... Uh, undercurrent of intentionality behind anything, nothing seems like it's supposed to be going in that direction. And yeah, I just think hmm. Georgiao is one of the worst characters I've ever seen from conception <laughs> to performance <laughs> to utilization to resolution, if we're gonna call this the resolution before she gets shot off into space and goes back to section thirty one in her own show. Mm-hmm. Uh section thirty one is in horrible position if this is what they have to build with like what what is that show about Um, i mean
0: it's a spin-off of the two most charismatic people and likable characters (laughs) empress Georgiao and ash fucking tyler
1: i don't know i i just i don't know i i i've never seen a good defense of Georgiao. and i think that Mm. i don't think there is one um I don't really have anything else to say about it. I don't even have a point. I can't throw anything uh, to you of that. It's just like uh, the character disappears. What do we? What do we have to say about George JoJo after three years? It's like okay, yeah. fine, see ya. Yeah. Um, to su- to to
0: round out for this episode, yeah, I don't think it's I I don't think it's that bad. I think it's uh, for for an episode of Discovery, especially this season. I think it's definitely watchable. It's questionable. But I think they've did some nice stuff. mirroring her stuff is good. The way that they mirrored their imagery was nice. Um, whether it's the walking through the snow, mirroring. The first scene with George Allen Burnham in the first episode of the series. Yeah. The desert or, walk is now a nice walk yeah, or whatever. At least, thank fucking God, they don't walk into the shape of a perfectly designed Starfleet <laughs> emblem, which I should have I known after I saw that this show was going to be garbage. <laughs>
1: that was still early um, enough to not, to not care. I like the cinematography yeah. of the Mirror Universe stuff. Uh, They had their little like dance performance or whatever at the end. Yes. uh,
0: The Cirque du Soleil thing. I like the uh, I like the mirror universe kegger that they had frat party that they had. (laughs) That was fun. Where uh, man Culber rocking an amazing uniform that that red the the red suit like thing with the black. Awesome. Very cool. Um, But yeah, they mirrored the training the training room fight with George Allen Burnham mirrored the scene at the end where she pulls the sword on Burnham and spares her life and stuff. Um, But uh, in a larger sense, my question is, we are nine episodes into this series. We've only got four episodes left for them to wrap it up. What is this season about? Can you tell me what this season is about? I think there's things it's supposed to be about. I don't know what it's actually about
1: it's the it's the sandwich metaphor again it's um yeah. it's about rebuilding and re- reparation in some way it's about like repairing things and learning to work together i would say that's the the general theme of it there have been episodes that have done that lately uh, the problem is that it's the backbone of its narrative has been so weak that nothing yeah. feels connected to each other, and it just feels like sort of random events happening down the line, and so they're going to stumble into the solution. I would guess that's what the theme is, and it's not, it's not like it's hidden or it's not like it's an interesting take on that, but it's just um, – it's about – fixing what's broken even though we found the federation that it's not even that bad like <laughs> the federation, the well, federation is just limited in what it can do it's not like it's like changed its attitude towards anything that's the thing is like it's supposed to be about
0: rebuilding the federation but they never show us why that needs to happen um we nothing's no fundamentally of, wrong with the federation except for the right. fact that there's
1: no dilithium and and there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the galaxy no, without the Federation, right? The Orions or whatever are now slightly
0: larger. A even there, even there, how are they a threat? I don't, I don't know. know. They yeah. don't seem to be much of a threat. The Federation seems to be keeping an eye on them, but it's not like they've got any world destroying weapon or anything. You know, it's they just kind of seem like a bunch of assholes who are on the fringe that they can't quite get a handle on. Yeah, who aren't directly threatening the Federation. Um, is it about the burn? I who what what do we what happens when we find out what caused the burn does that change anything other than just answering a question that's I, got a I lot riding so. on
1: it right like the, the explaining the burn has to explain like solving the the problem of the burn as we've laid it out does not explain anything about the universe at this point like right. just figuring out what happened to the burn is going to be incredibly convoluted if that leads into some sort of like greater understanding of the universe because at this point right. it's just a thing that happened and it, it would be as life altering as um, figuring out who tr- like what truly killed JFK you know it'd be like it'd be interesting you'd right. be like oh that's kind of neat that that happened but it changes nothing in the present tense of like what what our world is today what that means
0: right right just too much time has passed for it to really amount to anything right and, and even it, there yes yeah. it's, it's another situation where it's like you're spending a lot of time trying to figure this out nobody else seems to be working towards this goal let mm-hmm. see you're, you're claiming it's a big deal but nobody else seems to give a shit to the point where they're actively <laughs> trying to figure it out right. yeah. and you have you have proven that getting the pieces to figure it out not that hard right
1: the I, <laughs> It's just (laughs) – that's why um, I'm, like, when they they get to the burn – like, this is where the series sits for me. If the burn revelation is the greatest revelation I have ever seen narratively, right, everything Mm -hmm. leading up to it is only damaging the impact of when it gets to it. So if this is, like, the most amazing thing I've ever seen – when it happens i'm just going to react and go ah pretty pretty good ending to a terrible terrible season like it's it's so mm-hmm. it's so stacked against it that this revelation is going to mean anything or be any kind of um powerful eye-opening change on the the season that has come before it is nil there's just there's no right. way it can it can muster that kind of gravitas for me at this point so now i'm just getting to the point of a lot of discovery seasons where i'm impatient i'm like i wish there weren't four episodes left i wish this was the last one next time so we could just end this yeah yeah i, I don't it's
0: much like i mean i it's weird because when they started when we started the season my thought on the burn was okay, this seems to be like a background thing that isn't really going to get a lot of time. Uh, Maybe they don't even bother solving it at all and they just kind of move forward from this. Very clearly was not that as the show went on and it, it became all about solving this problem. And it ends up being less interesting and therefore most likely less satisfying than the Red Angel revelation was just because nothing that has happened in the show is really riding on it. No, At least with the Red Angel. Imagine if if the burn
1: was just dilithium ran out. You know, like imagine mm. if it was just, there wasn't some magical event that destroyed it. It was just like we don't have warp capability anymore because we used up all the fuel and there wasn't a mystery attached to it. Nothing changes in the season. Like right. the resolution, yeah. whatever they figure out to be the resolution is not going to change, unless there's some kind of we go back in time and all the dilithium doesn't explode, and then it's like, well, oh, who fucking cares about that? Like, it's stupid. Right?
0: It it just blows my mind. It still continuously, continually blows my mind that you set up your season that you're in the future and faster than light travel has gone away because of some magical everything blew up at the same time so nobody can travel past warp one or whatever and the central element of your fucking show is a is a ship that can travel faster than warp speed and you put that into the world where no one can travel faster than warp speed and nobody cares
1: (laughs) they have mild interest let's be fair they have they have mild interest about how the vulcans like how did you get here so fast
0: interesting yeah it's like it's like it's like uh it's like if if you it took a mad max movie and had and had Max show up driving just like a gigantic fuel tanker full of gas yeah and and just goes through the movie doing whatever the the story is of the movie and no one bats an eye at the fact that even though everybody is hurting for gas, Max drives a gas truck
1: yeah. You know? Everyone in this universe should be reacting like Archer in that episode where he's like, how fast do you go? How fast do you go? And that ship that yeah. was like warp six and the Enterprise can only go warp five. God,
0: imagine, could you imagine the season if it was the the Federation – and the Vulcan Romulan Alliance and the Orion Syndicate all vying for like control of Discovery yeah. and what that means and Discovery's trying to navigate that while also making a case for the Federation to come back. That would have been great. Yeah. But we gotta find out <laughs> we gotta find out who dropped their uh who dropped their cigarette in the woods and burned California down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I guess we're pretty much done. There's a quick one, but there's not really much else to say about it. Um, I don't. Uh
0: do you think? Do you think we're going to see Mirror Lorca next week? No. No. I, I don't kinda think hope so. we do. Do you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was. Well, they
0: talk about him quite a bit. It they would be do. a shame not to bring him back if they I, can.
1: I honestly don't remember where they are in the Mirror Universe timeline about how <laughs> things are working out for them there. Uh, did, had when we saw the mirror universe had Lorca already betrayed the emperor at that point
0: yes because Lorca on discovery was mirror universe
1: Lorca so, so he betrayed he her and escaped and, into this other universe when the yeah okay. he
0: and he and Burnham tried to to hold, pull a coup on her and uh that's died. why that's why Georgiou knows everything when she gets back because she knows what point in the timeline she's in yeah so yeah Burnham died Lorca escaped um
1: but she didn't, but George was not killed in the coup attempt in the first time. Around, right. You know, right. so it's yeah. a, it's interesting because it doesn't change anything for her. She, because she, she was never killed in the first, in the first thing. Like there's no, she just realizes it's coming for her. Mm-hmm. And so the entire mirror universe thing is just based on this idea that George is now slightly a better person than the mirror universe. Was yes when it happened, and but even there, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. And it, it's one of those things that's hard to understand. Like when she when she does not kill Burnham at the end of this episode mm. and lets her live, I was trying to think about like if you flip flop that, it would be like probably a pretty shocking thing. So I I'm having trouble th- coming up with an analogy, but if you if someone in our universe did literally the exact opposite of what was like, they, they were going to save an orphan from a burning building and then they pulled him out and then they like cut their head off. It's like, wow, that, like what, what, like how, what a strange thing to do. And they, I think they kind of hint at that with the reaction of the guards, that the guards are surprised that Georgia has was not done it, but it's, it's one of those things. that's very difficult to convey how opposite that universe should be and what the level of appropriate reaction to it would be. I almost mm-hmm. feel like not killing Burnham should be like a, all the guards should just be like, she's lost her mind. You know, there's no, you have to get rid of this emperor well, because this is not right.
0: I don't know. Maybe that's where they go next week. Um, I think, I think the thing though is that um, the mirror universe here is is being used less to show us that George Ao has changed and more to show George Owl that George Owl has changed. Because yeah. the stuff that she's doing, she is having conflicted reactions, but she is still trying to act as though she's the the queen of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like the they end the the end the they end the episode with the big uh operatic shot of her with the thing behind her and you know, now I control the power and whatever. Which is funny because her her costume actually reminded me of uh I don't know if you remember what Skeletor looked like from the He Man movie <laughs> when he when he gets the sword of power and he turns into this weird like golden thing. Yep. And her sword that she uses looked a lot like the He-Man sword. But <laughs> um, I think it's, it's – that's what I find interesting about how they do this is they put her in this situation where she has conflicting feelings about her, about what's going on. But she's trying to push that down and sort of reject the idea that she herself has changed. Which is cool. That's a good story. I have no problem with that. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they come out on the other end. Because mm. either either she changes history, and I'm not really sure how that
1: Would changes apply.
0: anything, right. really. Because if she's changing history, that implies she has to probably stay in the mirror universe, but then she's created a new timeline. So when she comes like that, just mucks everything up. I I can't, I can't think of a reason why it would actually be her changing history because you're fucking everything up and nothing makes sense at that point. If you do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I I only see it impacting the history of the mirror universe, anything that she does. Um,
0: Sure. But I mean like eventually if you, if you game that out, the mirror universe changes, but then eventually they cross over, and she gets pulled back into the 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 other time universe. She comes back into the prime is, universe. You're saying, but it's not the same prime universe, unless they're going to claim that it is. In which case, I think they, they have they're, to. They're, they're, break, yeah, they're breaking th- a lot of their own rules. I think if they do that, but
1: I mean, on on an intellectual level, everything that happens here is going to impact the mirror universe in the other series. You know. So if she changes sure. the mirror universe timeline, that affects the TOS and DS9 mirror universes. Not really, but like if you were to if this were reality, that's the, the timeline that would be changed. So she has to I'm just trying to think of possible outs for her here. If she comes back to the prime universe, is she then just a good guy? If she stays in the mirror universe, who cares? You know, like there's, I don't see an right. option here where I'm like, oh, Georgia like, if Georgie comes back to the Prime Universe and is then just a member of the crew, I'll just, I'll just have to throw my hands up and be like, that's the most absurd, tra- like, character change that's ever happened in like narrative history. If she right. stays in the Mirror Universe and she's like, I'm going to improve the Mirror Universe, it conflicts with canon and it doesn't make any sense for that character. Like, I don't care about the Mirror Universe being altered in that way. So, right. right. What do you do? She goes back in time to the prime universe, never talks to Burnham again. And section 31 is back in the prime timeline of 2255 or whatever. Like it's the, where she started. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know if like, if you, she goes back in time to the mirror universe and her experiences there prove to her that she's changed but then she gets all of the events of the first two seasons happen exactly the way that they played out in the show, except with this different Georgiou, who then decides not to go to the future.
1: Right. Well, it's, she could be like, "To cure myself, I have to go back to the equivalent time period in the prime universe and do my Section Thirty-One show." You know, because at that point yeah. she's only crossing. T- she's only crossing universes and not time, which is what gets you sick.
0: Yeah, it's I, it's just I don't I don't understand.
1: But then she's Why in the past, are, and
0: it's like well, it's just right. the character
1: has no point. That's the problem. Like there's no yeah. there's no universe that this character will go into where her changing anything really means anything to me. Yeah, and if it's yeah, about they, her they, internal journey, I care even less about Georgie's internal journey than I do the the impact on the timelines.
0: Yeah, the amount of backflipping that they're doing
1: is admirable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is that, that's it. That's your review of Cirque du Soleil as well. <laughs> yes. Generally, yes. Um, it's just
0: like, I don't know. I, I It's almost like they do themselves a bit of a disservice, I think, by having uh, David Cronenberg explain the timeline and universe stuff. I, I, I wish there was setting- more
1: Cronenberg in this, too. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, he's, I, I like good, like he's good. I like it, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, but you're, they're, they're you're kinda, missing they something kinda, from him you're missing you're, you're thinking his explanation is
0: no i th- by 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 having him give that explanation he's setting rules
1: right. and,
0: and how to how time and dimensional travel work and then they do this stuff and it's like i can't think of an outcome that doesn't fly in the face of those rules they just set up because if georgia goes back in time and stays in the past she is now creating a separate timeline Right, you know it's it's one of those one of those things where it's like uh, it's like that conversation they have in Endgame, except they don't follow the rules that they set up.
1: I like Kovitch. I like Kovitch a lot more in his first appearance. I like him less here, mm-hmm. where he has taken the general tone of how Discovery's writing room writes characters, which is that he's um, a little bit of a joker. A little bit funny, mm. like he's got a little bit of a, a wit to him. He's he's not witty, but he has a little bit of like a quippiness to him. And maybe the show thinks it's charming. I hate stuff where Kovich is like, "There's no way to do it. You can't do it. You can't do it." And Colbert's like, "Computer, can we do it?" It says, "Yes, we can." He goes, "Tell me how to do it." It's yeah. like, what's, what's the, <laughs> I, like the the character in the first appearance was at least portrayed as like a. A uh, shadowy G-Man character, you know, who's not going to be mm-hmm. blown away by something like that. It's it's like the Sloan problem, where you know Sloan from DS Nine is like you. You kind of imagine that he he wouldn't get trapped by Bashir by just going into Bashir's room and Bashir puts a force field on him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't like that quippiness that they add to the characters. He's like a light George Howe in some ways, and I, I like the character, but I, I definitely liked him originally more than his explanation as to what's going on, devolving into computer tell me what the solution is yeah and as far as the computer goes um is
0: is the sphere the sentient sphere computer is that why that they can process all of this data so fast mm-hmm. sorry my 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 Alexa just activated my computer
1: <laughs> yes so I, I think it's the souped up uh, discovery ship from the sphere data which okay. is now sentient so, well, and no one has ever questioned it, you know. Sort of yeah, it's, one right.
0: of, it's one of those things, though, where it's like, okay, if that's the case, why does Adira have to write an algorithm? It's true. You know? Again, it's it's they have this supercomputer that they claim to be using and claims to be sentient, but they don't ever really reference the fact that they have it. Nobody cares that they have it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird how they, they, the things they pull out of their, closet of abandoned plot lines
1: when they need it it's um same with the uh whatever they call it the the thing that they they make new material with that technology they have a name for it where it's just like it's the little like uh when the guy is fixing that thing in the second episode he's like fixing their bolt that they need and he calls it something material he calls it like hollow material or something until he's surprised sure. that she's never seen it They've shown that a few times that that's how they make things in this universe, programmable material. I think is what they call it. Ah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just the lack of fourth uh, thought from the show where they're jumping into the future like this, and when you still have problems like Adira not getting enough sleep and it can't work, it's like, well, you're in such an environment where all the, all the tech is so advanced, right? Why are there these? problems like discovery got souped up discovery is a brand new ship built to 32nd century specs or whatever it's like nacelles float by the side of it um i I think it's just uh they
0: it's frustrating because it's like (laughs) it's like uh it's like someone showing up in 1982 with that computer that could beat everybody on jeopardy Mm mm-hmm you know, and it's and just nobody seems to bat an eye. They've gone from being the oldest ship in the fleet to the most advanced by far of, yeah. of all the ships, as far as we know, because <laughs> right, we haven't yeah. seen any other ships.
1: Haven't seen anything else.
0: Yeah. But and they don't, don't have, they
1: don't have sphere data. They don't have that, that we have it.
0: Right. They don't have a spore drive. They don't have sphere data. They can't travel faster than light, or if they can. I'm to- not totally sure exactly what deal is there. But, yeah, it's just such a strange thing that the, that the ship has become kind of irrelevant to the show Mm -hmm. where it should be more important than ever. All
1: right. We'll call it a day there. Terra firma part one. I feel like we're just going in circles. Going in circles circles at this point. Terra firma is over. It's part one. We'll be back with part two after this. Thank you very much for listening. You can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file if you're so interested in supporting the show. As always, our captain tier supporters get a special thank you. Special thank you goes to Ben Douglas, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Ray Davies from the Kinks, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Andrew <laughs> Chiralog, Cardinal Tuesday, <laughs> Nathan Elliott, Samuel Custer, Matt Cutler, Nick Sorgi, Grim Santo, Sean, Christian Pouch, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Chris Tinsley, Darth Moss, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Vault Thirteen Hero, Rune Venler, HH Twenty Eight, Stefan Min, Nick The Rat, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jacob One Two Three, Point Dexter G, Grappler, John Zorn, Mike Harris, Eric Antoine, Kevin Lowry. Captain Brazen, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Corey Martin, William Scheissler, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, and Dave Davies. They got both of the See, I think,
0: I think Ray and Dave are old and older and wiser now that they can probably keep it together in our Patreon section, but if those <laughs> Gallagher brothers get in here, watch out.
1: <laughs> you and I going to live forever. I listened to Liam's debut from 2017, though, the other day. It's a good album. It's pretty good. Hmm. Um we're done with this. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Clay? And then I'll give final thoughts on Discovery as a season at this point before we go.
0: Uh, we had this past week, we had a new Rotten Heart picture show. We we're covering Oculus, which is the first or second movie from Mike Flanagan, the director of Dr. Sleep and uh, Hill House and Bly Manor and stuff. It's a it's a fun fun little movie to check out. And next week we've got harley's holiday and lockdown coming from badass and then the following week Christ, the week of christmas we'll have 1974's black christmas from rotten Horror picture show which is which is fun
1: you can find all those at the search for them on any youtube or a podcast app i mean and then they're also on youtube so um i do feel how do you feel about discovery at this point, I guess I'll ask you. As a as a as a whole, not just this season. Um I know we sort of repeat this stuff, so you don't have to go too crazy or uh bang your head against the wall or anything, but just how does it uh how do you react to it, I suppose? I am
0: losing I feel like the stuff that makes it a Star Trek show for me is starting to slip away um and that's content but it's also imagery um it's just feeling less and less like a show that i i can really get into not that i was really ever into it but there there was enough visually to keep me coming back and this season has been fairly um restrained as far as that i don't know if it's a budget thing or what but the stories aren't really grabbing me. The visuals, I'm just mad they changed the insignia. That's all. I'm just, it's its really annoying me because it's such, I've said it before, but it's such a uh, mirror of, of the way that the show is where it's this thing that looks great up close, but then if you take two steps away, it's just bland and kind
1: of fades into the background. Yeah. Um, the rank, I guess, is on the badge. You just can't see it from a distance. It's like they have little, um, pin like spots, little dots, little on, dots on them. Yeah. yeah, but you just you can't see anything from, um, it, you know, it's not the little pips on the collar and stuff mm-hmm. that makes you go like, oh, that guy's that guy's more uh, higher ranking than the other guy or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: the old The old one, the previous the one from the first two seasons had little dots on it as well. It was, it, you yeah. got to kind of get up close to see. But yeah, I don't know. It's I'm not sure where they go in a fourth season. I mean. I, Hopefully season four is just kind of gets you back to Star Trek stuff, but now it's just in the future. I don't know. Like the Federation is back, so you get to see more Federation stuff. If that's the case, if this ends up being (laughs) three seasons of television, just to get you to the point where you probably should have started in the first place, I'm going to be very upset.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty down on discovery at this point. I, I refuse to watch the episode at night because I consider it a waste of my evening to watch it at night. (laughs) So I watch it during the day. If I Mm -hmm. take a lunch break and I like ride the exercise bike we have or something like that, I just watch it doing that. And so, um, and I was concerned. I was like, I'll probably miss something. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm missing anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just I I feel very hostile to it. I don't like to watch it. And honestly, I'm not sure if if we will do season four, like season four might be one of those things like tell me what happens. And at the end, I'll see about it. But Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought this season was their chance and they haven't changed anything. They haven't nothing's improved from the problems of the series originally going on uh with the first couple seasons people had all the expectations of it's a solid writer's room for the first time the showrunners have been the same for the whole season doesn't matter it's all the same it's nothing there's been no visible change in quality across any of that right and um i just think it's bad like i actively i I just watch it and it's like this is just a waste of time this show is just it's a colossal waste of time there's nothing going on in it and anyone can watch it if they want to watch it but it's like if if you're uh if time is limited this show is bad enough to the point where maybe i feel angry that it's wasting my time by having to watch it (laughs) yeah yeah not a good show and as you say we only have three episodes left or something like that
0: do we one yeah i I uh in the first two seasons I was at least kind of looking forward to seeing what was going to happen next in sort of like a morbid curiosity el- element cuz things were getting so crazy that even though narratively and structurally I was like this doesn't make any sense and this is kind of silly I was like oh, sure. uh sure artificial intelligence from the future zapped into a guy's brain sure, let's let's see where this goes yep but this I just I couldn't care less about any of these plots that they're they're kicking around. Mm. But hey, I'm I'm here to see whether or not Book passes the ensign program. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's inspired by Tilly. He saw what she could do and he figures I can I can do at least half of that. She she jumped right to the front and I can I can get into this. It's tough. Hurry, right, we'll call it a day there. Excuse me. Uh, that's it for terraforma part one. We have the exciting conclusion of Terra Firma Part Two coming out next week. And then we'll have some clarity on what this was all about, I assume. We'll answer your question about whether or not this matters, <clears throat> whether or not it doesn't, whether or not it's all about George Al learning and growing as a person. Cool. The guys, thank you very much for listening. Patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show. Otherwise, we will see you next time with Terra Firma Part Two. See ya.